The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences and is suitable for all ages. Since March 2007, one online audio production group has pushed the boundaries. Broken Sea Audio Productions presents Maudlin. It's sounding board. Audio drama with lumpy bits. You have been listening to Jake Sampson. Broken Sea Audio Productions presents. My name is Feedback. And these are my stories. Last time on Gaia's Voyages. This is the Broken Sea Audio Production of Escape from New York. OTR Swagcast. Doctor Who. Starring Mark Kalita as the Doctor. BrokenSea.com. New audio every Thursday. They serve so we can be free. For the men and women of the coalition forces serving overseas. Just living day to day can be draining. An email, letter, or package from home can be a wonderful escape for a serviceman or woman who is living with constant danger just outside the barracks door. That's why the member producers of AudioDramaTalk.com are banding together to send our servicemen and women an MP3 CD loaded with hours of great audio. It's not much. But it's a small token of our appreciation for their sacrifice. This is Greg Taylor of Dakota Ring Theater. This is John Bell of Bells in the Bat Free. This is Fred Greenhalgh of Final Rune Productions. This is Julie Hoverson of 19 Nocturne Boulevard and Reality Productions. This is Jack Ward of the Sonic Society and Electric Vicuna Productions. This is Paul Mannering of Broken Sea Audio Productions. This is Jeffrey Adams of the Icebox Radio Theater asking you to please help us finance the Sounds for Soldiers campaign. At sounds, the number four, soldiers.org. A small tax-deductible donation can help us band together and send a thank you to the men and women that banded together to protect our freedom nearly a decade ago. Visit Sounds for Soldiers. That's Sounds, the number four, soldiers.org today. And for all of us, thank you. I'm Jen Geffinger. I'm Kevin Batchelder. And I'm Kurt Geffinger. And we are the SeekerCast. A podcast for fans of the TV series Legend of the Seeker. We are a community-based podcast that works to keep you up to date on some of the best news, forum discussions, and interviews in the Seeker fandom. We also do a recap and in-depth discussion of each episode. I thought it was very rich, the story. I was afraid it was going to be a little trite, but this really played out to be a very powerful episode in my mind. The whole episode did kind of stay one step ahead. I, I felt like I kept having to catch up and try and figure out what was going on, which I like that. that it's not predictable, so that, that made me very happy the way it was done. And also, you know, correcting the mistake they made on the Sisters of the Light in Season 1. <laughs> <sighs> that was the only thing of Season 1 that I cannot forget. It's okay, though, because we're staying focused on the series, right, Kurt? So tune in to The SeekerCast at theseekercast.com or subscribe through iTunes. Anyone else want to question my orders? Hey, Atherton, wait up. Yes. What is it, old boy? Where are y'all going? Archery tournament at St. Peter's Field. Why else would I be carrying a bow and quiver down Queen Street? I did wonder about that. And what's with the get-up? I will have you know these robes bear the ancient heraldry of my family. And Never mind. People are staring, though. Well... Are you coming along or not? Might as well sound swell.
I could use a normal, event-free afternoon. Oh, bugger. We're not in Oxbridge anymore, are we? Broken Sea Audio Productions presents Maudlin Series 3, Episode 4, Cuckoo for the Birds. Looks like some sort of ancient civilization. Not European, either. China, perhaps. Or Japan. Check out those trees over there. How'd they prune them like that? Definitely Japan. And that bridge, it's all red and makes a huge arch. Is it safe to cross? Or rather, clamber over. Good thing the one for wagons is flat. Wouldn't want to try getting an ox over a bridge that went straight up. The view from up there must be awesome. Westbrook, come back directly. We really shouldn't separate in so strange a land. <laughs> I say, are you quite well? Is there something I may assist you with? Perhaps fetch your mother. I lost my kite. It flew into a tree and I can't get it down. Up there? Oh, yes. Caught on a branch quite high. It was my favorite kite. And now it will never fly again. <laughs> never mind that. A jostle to the branch should wrench it loose. Good thing I have my bow. Will shooting an arrow work, sir? One way to find out. <gasps> my kite is free. It floated right down to the ground. You saved it. Not even rips. Oh, thank you, Sir Knight. My pleasure, little one. Rather impressive shooting. I was on my way to an archery tournament, but found myself on a detour, I'm afraid. Sire, could you hit a target as uh, far as that roof over there? The one with a figure of a dragon upon it? Slightly gilded? Yes. I dare say. Even at night? Depending upon the moonlight. It is rather dark even now. In a half hour, we would be able to test that theory. Please, do me the honor of accompanying me to the palace. With your retainer, of course. Retainer? Hey there! <laughs> that was the best bridge ever. You shall come, sire. If it is your wish, of course. Yeehaw! The palace! Fully prostrated, I should say. Say what? Kneel and touch the floor with your forehead, like this. Can we sit up again yet? Shh. This is really uncomfortable and I feel stupid. All right. Just keep your head lower than the Emperor. I can't remember which country has that custom, and we'd better play it safe. Tenno. I have brought the foreign warrior. 
in hopes his skill shall free us from the cloud of evil. Pardon me, but I don't see how shooting arrows into a cloud would be of any practical use. It is no mortal mist, but rather of fiendish origin. Many moons ago we slept in peace under the roof of this palace. One night our royal parson had such terrible dreams of darkness and oppression that slumber became impossible. The next evening, all of our court stood in vigil. At first, nothing was out of the ordinary. But then, those who were on watch in the courtyard and the veranda saw a black cloud which darkened even the night sky. It rested over the very place the Emperor sleeps and did not depart until dawn. Each night, it has appeared over the Shiskajin with scratchings and beastly noises. That is no cloud. We fear it to be a monster of such terrible aspect that it hides within the mist. And why hasn't one of your guards gone and killed it? I mean, no offense, Your Majesty, but you don't look so well. It has indeed been many weeks since we were blessed with the peace of rest. If the beast is not stopped, before long, the Tenno may ascend to his place in the heavens. The Emperor will not die, for I shall slay this creature, whatever it may be. The sun has nearly sunk even now. I will wait in the courtyard until the cloud appears. It shall be a stormy night. I fear no weather. Looks like we're back. Pity. That emperor really looked quite ill. Why didn't he just move where he sleeps? I have a feeling that the creature would haunt him wherever he went. And you think an arrow would harm it? Westbrook. I had these imported from Hungary. They are 32 inches long with razor-sharp bronze heads, 4 inch... Whoa, whoa, I I believe you. Now stop waving it about. That arrow's dangerous. My point precisely. What are you two about? Atherton, good heavens, man. How can you wear that on a public street? It is a bit bright. Not to mention medieval. Are your black academic robes any less odd? Everyone wears them here. And they don't have massive gold sparrowhawks and diamonds. It is coal, not diamonds, Worsley. My family were miners. Would be. I'll have you know we own the mineral rights to most of Lancashire in the 13th century. I see. Ah, the rift! Won't be alive! Is that his way of telling us we'll soon be back in Japan or wherever it was? I believe so. Difficult to tell through the shrieking. Where have you been, Sir Knight? 
We searched everywhere. Ah, yes. To change the subject entirely, has the cloud been seen? Not ten minutes ago. Up there. I see it. The lightning lit up the sky as if it were day, and there was clearly an animal. Yes. I saw the light reflect off its eyes. If I aim between them, it is probably our best shot. Quite literally. Westbrook, better have a sword in case I do not kill the creature entirely. Of course. Assault for the retainer. Awesome. You are the final line of defense, Westbrook. Now, let us see how close we can climb up. That wall should enable us to stand more on level with the roof. Give me a leg up, will you? Sure thing. Give me your hand. Now what? Difficult to balance. Let me put my foot on top of this lion's head. Ah, that's better. I'll wait for the next bit of lightning to show me the target more clearly. What if it bounces off and just gets the beast angry? Don't be such a wet blanket. Though, difficult not to be in all this rain, I suppose. The lightning, it'll be coming. I was counting between thunders. Got it! Not enough. And now the lightning has stopped. I bet if you sword thrust will set it right, I can jump onto the roof from here. Wait! It's too dangerous! Yeah, big fella, after lions and a dragon, how hard could you be? Hey! Keep back! I think it has the scales of a dragon! Uh, you're right, seems to place the arrowhead as the only weak point in the beast. It even has wings like a dragon, too. But the head of an ape! The neck is where it will be vulnerable! The arrow bounced off when it whipped the tail around. I fear before it was caught by surprise. Now that we've cornered it, the beast shall fight to the end. You can't take both of us on at once. On three, aim for the tail and wings. I'll go for the neck with my sword. Ready. One, two, three! One more to be safe, I think. Yeah, definitely dead now. The dark cloud has dissipated as well. They can properly see us down below in the moonlight. Looks like they're in shock. Long live the night Atherton and his retainer! Please don't tell Worsley about the retainer bit. I won't. But does this mean I can ask you to fetch my slippers tomorrow morning? Har har. It seems odd to be so appreciated. Yeah, usually we're fighting stuff and nobody knows. Save Colchester, who only mocks it. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you. No trouble, my dear sir. The Emperor wishes to address you. 
Oh, Valorous Knight, we bequeath you an eternal standing in our court. Oh, Cuckoo of Wonder, even your name climbs ever upward to the heaven. What? I believe you are meant to finish the poem. Ah. Hmm. Not through thine own, but through the merit of a moon-shaped bow. I don't know, recurve's more like an hourglass to me. It is my honor to be of service, and my <coughs> retainer and I are gratefully your humble servants, Majesty. I'm never gonna live this down. Our blessings upon you. Depart in peace. They... They have vanished in the air. Impossible! The gods must have sent them as messengers to free us from this fiendish beast. Praise peace our gods! on the roof seeing stared the beast nine times gracious and still with atherton's arrow in it i suppose quite you said it had the head of an ape and the body of a dragon with these huge tiger claw things curious and nothing damaged you no though we were a trifle tardy at the tournament bit too many t's in that sentence here here and you did well rather he won of course it was the arrows i got them all the way from hungary you see they are... Will you stop that? Nobody wants to keep hearing the technical specs of a bit of wood. But... We don't care, Atherton. Actually, I find it all fascinating. Although the center of gravity is identifiable on the shaft, it does not actually rotate round because of applied torque. When considering the fletching of the arrow as the CG, the pressure could rotate in the infinite. I see what you mean, Westbrook. In fact, I should write a paper on it. Would you assist me? I would need some practical test of the scientific hypothesis and a skilled archer would be of great import to the study. Of course, de Berg. Are you kidding? Any excuse to get out in the field with that bow of his? Where is Worsley? Not that finding you without his company did not give me pleasure. Got scared and ran off when he heard the rip sound. I did not. There you are. I'll have you know I carefully warned you both, then remembered an urgent appointment. And you expect us to believe that? What is he doing here? Having a drink, and on that note, I'd better be off. So, had an exciting time, did you? Yep, I slew another dragon. It wasn't technically a dragon. Actually, I really don't know what it was. Japan is quite... Beautiful? Unique. Love the architecture, even if those roofs are a bit dangerous. Only if you're clambering about on them with a monster after you. Maudlin Series 3, Episode 4, Cuckoo for the Birds. Featuring the voice talent of Mark Kalita as Percy Atherton. I did rather like those stone lions at the entrance. Why does one have a small lion under its foot, though? Peter Franzen as John Westbrook. 
That's a baby. It shows which one is the female guard in the game. David MacGyver as Nigel Worsley. Lions? Yeah. <laughs> Stephen J. Cohen as Walter DeBerg. Calm down. They aren't alive. <laughs> Get that thing out of here. Shoo, shoo. Thanks, Atherton. Um, uh, Alexa Chipman as Child was Kite. Let's go fly a kite up to the highest kite. Paul Brueggemann as Courtier. That's it? I don't get a name? Join the club! Paul Campbell as Papagoa One. See what I mean? Stevie K. Farnaby as the Emperor. Quite so! Shocking! Simply shocking! Alexa Chipman is pub goer too. Why can't you have a proper job? Would you prefer I own the ruddy pub? Written, cast, and directed by Alexa Chipman. Produced, engineered, and co-directed by Stevie K. Farnaby. Music by Spare Parts at bfb.com slash spareparts. Please visit their website to purchase entire albums and support independent artists. Thank you also to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Remember, BrokenSea.com is your address for more behind-the-scenes of Maudlin and other audio drama offerings. This is not in any way affiliated with Maudlin College and is for entertainment purposes only. Released in 2010. 